Hey, Life Church family, I hope you're having a great morning. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. My name is Pastor Tim, and I'm so glad you're with us. And I'm Harriet, and we're so glad that you're with us today online. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome, and we would love if you would fill out our online connect card at lifecc.com just to let us know that you are here with us today. That's awesome. Also, we want to pray for you. We really care about what's going on in your life. And so if you would just take a moment today, go to our website, click on the prayer link, give us your prayer request. Our whole staff would love to lift you up in prayer together. Yeah, we love you, church, and we are so glad that you're here, and we hope that you enjoy the service today. God bless. Hey, welcome to church. Welcome to online church. I was doing a little looking back at the calendar, and I realized today is the 15th week of online church. I would never have dreamed that we would still be doing and depending on online church when we started this, but we're committed to it. I'm honored that you're here today. Thanks for tuning in to be part of Church Online. I had a fun opportunity to meet a friend from college recently, uh, a week ago, and she told me that her family has been tuning in from Greensboro to watch our services, and so I'm just so grateful for everyone, wherever you are, for tuning in. I would love for you to do me a favor and write in the comment where you're watching from. So if you're out of town, we'd love to see it. If you're from Wilmington, let us know. But wherever you are from, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're with us at church today. What an incredible season this has been for us in the life of our church. We are experiencing the highs and the lows of, of ministry life all at the same time. Yet through it all, we're seeing God strengthening His church. We're seeing God move in powerful ways. And we're just, just excited to see what God is doing now and will continue to do. I also believe that God is moving in your life and He is strengthening your life. And so we just want to just continue to pour into you through our ministry here. And I want you to know, friends uh, and church that are watching, uh, three things. I want you to know that one, that um, I'm just honored that you're a part of this church. I'm glad you're part of what we're doing here. Two, I want you to know I love you. And three, I want you to know I'm really proud of you. And so we love you. Thank you so much. And again, thanks for being with us. Uh, our whole staff, Harriet and I, we're just honored you're tuning in with us. We're looking forward to the day when we get to worship in uh, the main auditorium all together. Uh, we still have some time before we'll be able to do everyone and so um, we just want to uh, take a step, though. I do uh, want to announce to you that currently our current plan is to open up a second service on July 12th. Now, we don't know what all our governor will issue for us as far as guidelines go. So assuming things continue to progress forward, then we will have a second service to be able to accommodate more people coming to worship. And during that second service, we will open up some limited uh, space for children's ministries, and so I think that'll give us a nice step forward. You'll still have to register online, register children online. We'll still do social distancing and things, but hopefully that gives some opportunity for more people to be with us, and so that's what's going on. So I want to pray for us as we get started, and let's just open our hearts up to what the Lord has to say to us today. Father, thanks for this day. I ask that you would use this message to strengthen us, to inspire us. Uh, Lord, thank you for your word. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, if you're with us for the first time, 
first welcome, but we are in a series, been in a series through the book of Philippians for several weeks, and the title of our series has been When Life Gives You Lemons, and I can say that life has thrown lemons at me, and, and we're learning how to take what has been given to us, those troubles, and to kind of cope with those things, process through the difficulties of life, and even find ways to find joy and thrive through it. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians, and as he is writing this letter to the church in Philippi, he is in jail, he's in a prison, he has a guard that's chained to him 24 hours a day, yet through that his faith gets stronger, his calling is even clarified, and we see that his heart is filled with joy through it all. So today we're going to continue this series, and we're going to be in chapter 3 of Philippians, and we're going to be in one of the more familiar verses Probably you've heard this verse before, and so we're going to teach on it and let the Apostle Paul teach us on this familiar verse. And my title today is from this, and it's called Press Into Christ. Everybody say press, press, press into Christ. Let's go to the Philippians verse three, or chapter 3, verse 8. Apostle Paul writes this. He says, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. So here from a prison cell, this veterinary you know, leader, this, this experienced leader, is, I think, somewhat downloading to us some of his conclusions from his year of ministry. And I think the main point he's making out of this verse is that nothing compares to the value of knowing Christ. Nothing compares. Now, Paul is in, in prison, and so Paul is, you know, in his chains, and I just think he's communicating to us that even in his prison cell, his focus is still on Christ. Apostle Paul has also experienced the heights of ministry, and I believe he's teaching us that not even the heights of ministries or the lows of life, none of that compares with knowing Christ. And so he says in verse 12, as he picks back up, he says, not that I have already obtained all of this. Now, what is this? He's saying, not that I've completely attained knowing Christ and, and completely understand all there is to know about Christ and experience Him. Paul is just saying, I'm still in a learning mode. I'm still growing. And so he says, not that I've obtained all this or have arrived at my goal. He's like, I still haven't finished all that God wants to do in my life. Paul's like, there's still more for me. There's still more to experience. There's more for me to still do. So he says, I have not already obtained all of this or have not arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. So he clarifies, this is what's important. He said, I forget what's behind and I strain towards what is ahead. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul is in prison and he's teaching us that from his place of troubles, he stayed focused on knowing and serving Christ. Let me ask you a question that I've been asking myself recently. The question is this, what am I focused on right now? What am I focused on right now? Am I focused on the troubles, the hardships, the disappointments, or am I more like Paul where I'm focused on knowing and serving Christ? I, I preached last week on 
fathers. And one of the things that I heard from several people is they, they liked the, the kind of the place for fathers that they didn't have to be perfect, but they needed to be authentic. And I think the same is somewhat true as a pastor and his church. I don't think the church necessarily needs me to be perfect, but you need me to be authentic. Now, you don't want me to be a moral, you know, mess or anything like that, and I think I should always preach out of my victories. But there are places where I can share some of my struggles and some of the things going on in my life, and I believe it helps everyone else kind of be able to appreciate that and know how to navigate through their issues as well. And this past season, I have found myself in my mind at times discouraged at kind of a deeper level than I'm comfortable at. I have found myself uh, in my mind kind of questioning everything from callings into the ministry and just the different aspects of what I'm going through. And I think over time with all of us, when you experience a barrage of, of negativity and problems and disappointments and, and all those things, I think somehow it begins to kind of penetrate you know, past our our surface and begins to impact our soul at some level. And recently, I, I remember I just had this kind of fleeting thought, and I knew when I thought the thought, when I thought the thought, I, I realized there was something a little unhealthy in my soul, and I needed a little help with it. And I thought this thought, like, I don't know if I really want to continue on with some of the ministry. And it just kind of flashed through my mind because of the difficulties and the struggles at times that we have. And I remember even thinking some thoughts like, what would it be like to sell my house and move somewhere and just start over? And, and I, I just, I kind of had some of those thoughts running through my mind. And I, I kind of attributed it to like the problems were just weighing in a way that, that they were just penetrating deep. It was kind of like um, maybe if I were a you know, running back and I had you know, just ran the ball and the, the biggest linebacker in the NFL had just crushed me and then was laying on top of me, and the entire defensive line then piled on top of that. Sometimes I feel like difficulties are like the pylon. It's like, why does it just get deeper and deeper? And so I kind of felt myself there, and uh, fortunately I was able to call my pastor, get some encouragement. Of course, Harriet and I, we, we always find the way to build each other up. I have my staff around me and friends, and so you know, there are, there are ways to help deal with the things going on inside of us, some of you may feel the same way in a way of like giving up and kind of discouragement at a deep level. Maybe your soul is a little tired as well. And um, so, but one of the things that helped me is I began to study this scripture that I just read to you. And I, I just found that God began to, to reignite passion in my life and reignite kind of the fire for my calling. And I just love that God's word is so timely that when there was a need in my life, his word met it, matched it, and then turned what was kind of a place of discouragement into a place of great faith today. And so if it helped me, I'm hopeful that this message can help you as well. It's a great message, and I say that not because I wrote it, because the word of God is so powerful, and it just tends to turn things around and help us get through these seasons. And so just, for, uh, just to let you know, by the way, I am not selling my house, and I'm not quitting the ministry. I love what I get to do. As a matter of fact, I feel like there's a, a re-energized spirit inside of me, and I believe that God is on the move, and my calling is stronger than ever, and our church is healthy, and, and we're going to see God do more and more amazing things. I'm on that. So I'm preaching from a place of more of a victory today 
But I was in the dumps for a season, and maybe you're there as well. I felt like the Lord just gave me a prophetic word to share with us in, as part of this message as I read this, this section of Scripture this week. And, and I believe the Lord has given me the word persevere. Persevere. Persevere means to continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulties. That we should persevere. There needs to be a, a strength that kind of rises up within us to press through the difficult seasons. And so let me take us back to Scripture and let the Apostle Paul teach us how to persevere in through these difficulties. So he said in Philippians 3.12, Paul said, Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. Paul is saying, not that I have reached all that God wants to do in my life. So Paul's in, in a prison and he's saying, I'm not finished yet. And so here's my point for us. My first thought for us from the Apostle Paul is don't quit. It seems so simple, but it's so profound when you're in the dumps. And you need to hear the Apostle Paul teaching us that we don't quit. We don't stop. We keep moving. Paul said, I haven't attained it all. I haven't reached the final goal. And listen, the Apostle Paul, man, he walked in significant grace and anointing in his life. Yet he realized he hadn't arrived and he hasn't accomplished all that God wants to do through him. At one point in the Apostle Paul's life, there was such a strong anointing on him that people would take a handkerchief that had touched his body. Now, I don't know how Paul, if he wore a handkerchief like around his neck or on his head. I remember when I was in high school, we used to tie bandanas like in the 80s, like bandanas were the thing, you know. We had bandanas everywhere. And I remember for a while, I even tied one around my leg, and that was, at the time, it was really cool. It's not cool now, I don't think. Maybe we bring bandanas back, I don't know. But, um, but listen, I don't know how the Apostle Paul wore his handkerchief. Maybe he had it wrapped around his leg. Maybe he was being cool. Um, but nonetheless, the anointing was so strong on him that they would take that bandana and they would take it and touch someone who was sick with that, with that handkerchief, and they would be healed. Now that's some significance. And Paul has experienced the heights of that, and now in prison, he's still saying, hey, I'm not finished. He's like, there's still more to experience in God. I think Paul's motto would have been from the song that we sing sometimes in church. And there's a line in there that says that if I'm not dead, then God's not done. And I love that. I just believe that God's never finished and He's still on the move and He has more for us. And that's the same for Paul. It's the same for you and I. God's not finished. There is more for us. So don't quit. I read a really interesting story about a lady back in 1952. Her name was Florence Chadwick. And she decided to swim a 26-mile swim between the California coast and the Catalina Islands. And so it was like somewhere around 26 miles. She had trained and prepared. And so on the day of the swim, she jumped in and she began to swim. And she had a, a little boat that kind of rode beside her or motor beside her, however, but kept up with her to kind of help her along the way in terms of like if there were sharks, they would pull her out of the water before she, you know, got eaten by a shark and, you know, whatever. But, but they, would, they assisted her along the way. And somewhere 
in the, towards the end of her swim, a dense fog settled in over her. And as she began to swim, she began to get very tired towards the end of this journey. And she would swim and she would look up to try to see the land in front of her. And the fog had gotten so dense she couldn't see. And because she couldn't see, she got very discouraged. And somewhere along the way, she finally said, I can't make it. I can't go anymore. And they pulled her into the boat. And then they motored forward just a little bit. And they realized she was about half a mile from the shore. And she quit almost there. She was almost there. She quit too soon because she had lost focus. She had lost the ability to see what was in front of her. I think some of us do that in the middle of our problems. We get the fog over us and we lose focus. And Paul is saying that we can't lose focus and we can't quit. I want to encourage you, church, don't quit on your dreams. Don't quit on your callings. Don't quit in serving God. He has more. Paul said he wasn't there yet. And we're not there yet. We're not there yet as a church. You're not there yet in your life. There's still more. And so Paul continued and he said in verse 12, he said, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul says, I take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Then in verse 14, he says again, I press on toward the goal. My sermon title is the second point, that we need to press into Christ. We need to press into Christ. The Apostle Paul used this language where he said that he took hold of Christ where Christ had taken hold of him. And Paul understood the reality of what it was like for Christ to take hold of him. Because before Paul was this amazing believer and author and, and uh, the man who planted and succeeded in his ministry, he was someone who actually persecuted the church with violence and uh, he often would go to places where believers were gathered in a home and he'd have them drug out of the home and he'd persecute them for following Jesus. At one point, the Apostle Paul oversaw uh, one of the disciples being stoned to death for serving Jesus and following Jesus. Paul was on his way to Damascus, to another city, to continue his his barrage against believers and followers of the way. And on the road there, a bright light shined around him and it, it, it caused Paul to fall to his knees and to, to have this encounter. And Jesus spoke to him and said, you know, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul had this encounter with Jesus on the road there. And basically, the Apostle Paul felt like that Jesus kind of took a hold of him and grasped him with grace and Paul knew that his, his sin was great, but Jesus' grace was always greater, and he experienced that in his life. It's true for you and I that our sin may be great, but the grace of Jesus is always greater, and his grace had, had taken a hold of Paul. And Paul was saying, because he took a hold of me first, he's like, I hold on to Christ. I take a hold of him, and I'm gripping him. And so Paul was using the same tenacity that Jesus said and declared when he took a hold of him, Paul is saying, I'm taking a hold of Jesus. I'm pressing in. I'm pursuing Jesus even from my prison. I found that there are two times when people stop pursuing Christ. Two times when people stop pursuing Christ. In the good times and in the bad times. In the good times, people stop caring as much about God. 
And the bad times, people start thinking that God cares less about them. Paul said in the middle of his triumphs and in his prison, he said, I'm pressing into Christ. I'm pressing like there was a tenacity that was in his tone. The word press, as you dig into its deeper meaning and into the Greek, but the word press means an aggressive pursuit, aggressive pursuit. It's a strong word that combines spiritual veracity and intensity. Like it's, it's like aggressive spiritual veracity and intensity to pursue Christ. And, and Paul was writing it in strong language that we should pursue Christ, that there ought to be a, a, a strong pursuit in our life, that there ought to be you know, pressing into Christ and a pressing forward to know Him and serve Him. I think in some ways the church and, and even in my own life, I've become too passive at times in my pursuit of Christ. And the church has become a little casual in their pursuit of Christ. And Paul is saying we need an aggressive approach. And especially when we're experiencing difficulties in our life, we need to have a passionate pursuit of Christ. We need to fervently pray. When we're in the, when we're in the, the, the dark places of our life, instead of pulling away from Christ, we need to press into Christ. There needs to be a fervency in our prayer. We need to diligently read our word in these harder seasons. We need to consistently go to church in the hard seasons. We need to spend time with other believers in the difficult times because when we connect with God, when we press into Christ, then we experience His supernatural strength that helps us get through it. We need to press into Christ. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And it says the righteous run to it. They run to the tower. The righteous run to God. They run to it and they're safe. Listen, the Bible teaches us here that we, we don't run to God in, in like a half-hearted manner. Like that wouldn't be running. Like we, we don't approach God and, and we, don't, we, we shouldn't like, um, like approach our pursuit of God in this like casual and apathetic and, and half-hearted way. Like the Scripture says we run to it. Paul said we press into it. There needs to be some, some tenacity that rides, rises up inside of us. I think there's a temptation to slow our pursuit of Christ during crisis. We get distracted during the, the crisis. We get distracted. We get our eyes on problems instead of on Christ. We get discouraged in these moments. We get disappointed through so many things that come our way, and the disappointments begin to bring us into a place of disillusionment, and we, we just kind of get that fog, and we lose our focus. But we need to realize that during the crisis, during the troubles, we need Christ more than ever. And that's when we learn to press. That's when we learn to persevere into knowing Christ. We need Him more. We need to become stronger in our faith as a result of the hardships in our life, not weaker. Paul got stronger from prison, not weaker. We have to counter the culture today. We have to counter the apathetic and the adversity that comes against being a Christian. We have to counter that with passion. 
Our church needs to be passionate about serving God. We need to be passionate followers of Christ. Listen, I can't wait for everybody to be back in the building, and, and I can't wait to have altar calls, and, and, the, and the altar is filled with people passionately praying again. Like, we need the passion. We need to press in. We need holy encounters with God because we're passionately and aggressively seeking God. We need that passion back in our lives again. We need a pastor with a fresh anointing to preach the fire of God again. We need that. Our strength in Christ is revealed in these troubles. And Paul said nothing compares with knowing Christ. And he's saying, I press into Him. I have a, an intensity to knowing Christ. And so Paul is in prison and he's just making the point that the one goal of his life is to be more like Christ and to serve Him. His goal wasn't just to get out of prison, but it was to serve Him. And maybe if you're a little bit like me, maybe at times you've lost a little focus through these difficult seasons and, and you begin to let your, the problems become your focus. I'm not saying we don't deal with the problems, but we have to counter those problems with more of Jesus. We have to counter it. I think the, the greater the problems, the more we have to counter it. We have to counterbalance that with our pressing into Christ. So if you want to be like me, I've hit the reset button in my life. I've hit the reset button that is rekindling my fire for the Lord and my passion to serve Him. And I'm excited about preaching this because I believe I'm stirring the fire of our church to passionately pursue Him like never before. I want us to come through this pandemic with more fire and more passion for God than when we went into it. And so Paul, he went on to say in verse 13, he says, one thing I do. One thing, Paul said, this one thing I do, he said. He said, I forget what's behind and I strain towards what's ahead. I forget what's behind so I can strain towards what's ahead. My third point today is we need to move forward. We need to move forward. Paul summarizes this entire text with this one thing thought. He's like, we have to put the things that are behind us, behind us. We have to put those past problems, everything that holds us back from our future, we've got to put it behind us. We can't let current difficulties, we can't let past problems begin to hold us back from the forward movement that God wants to have in our life. We need to be forward-minded. We need to be faith-oriented. And so Paul is just saying that this one thing is, is we've got to put behind us those past experiences that are holding us back so we can move forward. I read some really cool quotes about uh, kind of the things behind us and putting those things behind us and moving forward. And so let me read you a couple of these quotes. The first one that I found that I thought was really good, and it says that no one wins a race looking backwards. So you don't run forward looking behind you, and no one wins a race looking backwards. Another quote that I saw that was really awesome is that the rearview mirror is a whole lot smaller than the front windshield. Because when you're driving, you're driving forward. The rearview mirror is small. We shouldn't be spending all our time trying to look back. We have to look forward. Another quote that I read that I really liked, and it says that where we are headed is a lot more important than where we've been. I love that. Where we're headed is more important than where we've been. And so Paul, so Paul he encourages us to forget some things of the past. Let me give you three things that I think we should forget from the past. I think we should forget our past successes. I think we should forget our past failures. 
and we have to forget our past wounds. Forget may be not the exact word. Sometimes it's heal from it. Sometimes it's forgive through it. But Paul's saying we've got to put the past behind us. Our past successes can breed a complacency and maybe a longing for yesteryears. Our past victories cannot be the only thing God is doing in our life today. When all of your stories, all of your miracles are from things that God did before and they're not current, then it's time to reignite your passion for God. It's time for you to stretch on and press forward and ask God to do greater things because I want you to know that God's not finished. God has more miracles and He has more to do in your life and through your life. God still wants to do so many things. All the things we read about in the book of Acts and through all the apostles is still relevant for us today. We don't serve a yesteryear God. We've got a today God that wants to move. Our past failures, they can lead to insecurities and doubts about our future. Failures are definitely setbacks in our life and and they can set us back for a season, but they don't have to be final for us. We can learn from our failures and we can repair broken places. We can get back up. The beauty of serving Jesus is He is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances in our life. And so if you've blown it, there's a season of repair, but there's also a mindset that I get to go forward. I'm not going to stay stuck here forever. And there's a season for you to move on. God's calling you forward. Our past wounds, our past wounds are from people or or circumstances that have kind of come into our life and in some way things that we didn't even ask for and they just, they hit us. Sometimes we like to say that, that hurting people hurt people and that's so true at times and we get wounded through that. I think sometimes people are just I think they're just mean sometimes. I don't know if they're hurting or not. They're just mean. And uh, you feel the impact of that. I believe there are demonic influences that are working through some people in some situations, and those things come against us. And I just think that those things are always trying to hold us back. But I want you to know that there isn't a person, and there certainly isn't an enemy that has any authority over you to rob you from your future. You are not a victim when you know Christ. You're not a victim. You're the victor. You're an overcomer. So we forgive people. We shake it off. We tell the devil, not today, Satan, and we move forward. And that's what Paul is saying. We have to forget what's behind us so that we can move forward and see the future. So Paul said we strain towards what's ahead. Strain. Paul is giving the imagery of a highly trained athlete. The imagery is that there's a race to be run, and, and there's a racer, and he is, he is running his race. And, and when he talks about straining forward, it, it means that he's reaching ahead. He is, uh, the imagery of it is this athlete is leaning forward, and every ounce of his energy, every muscle, every fiber is straining and flexed and reaching out to obtain the prize what's in front of him. We have to be forward thinkers, faith-oriented people in the middle of pandemics, in the middle of crisis. Sometimes it may feel like to, to keep your mind there, you have to reach for it. Listen, Paul is kind of taking this in, a, in an aggressive approach. He's like, hey, you've got to strain for these things. You've got to be intentional 
about keeping your mind straight and keeping your faith high and keeping your future in front of you. We have to be onward. We need to persevere through hardships. We hold on to the promises of God. We grip them. We set our face onward. The brightness of victories are still before us. There's still more that we can see. There's still more that we can do in Christ. And so Paul, in his prison, is teaching us that we don't give up, we don't quit, we keep pressing into Christ and moving forward. I'm honestly, I'm so grateful for this text today because all week as I studied this, it just continued to, to uh, reinvigorate my, my passion to serve God and to, to stay focused on pressing into Christ. And, and I hope it does the same for you today. And so let me ask you a question as I close. Have you lost your focus recently? Are you ready to refocus? Well, I assume many of you are saying yes. And so I want to lead us through a prayer together, kind of as a declaration as well. And this is my closeout uh, moment for us and my ministry for you. And I know some of you are going through really difficult times and sometimes, uh, you know, we need the Word of God to strengthen us like He has me. And I want to encourage you to stay going, stay moving forward, don't quit. Keep pressing into Christ and keep the future in front of you. Let's pray this together. You'll see it on the screen. I'm going to just lead us through this, but this needs to be your prayer, your declaration. Uh, this is one of those moments that I don't feel I can necessarily pray it for you. And so on the screen, you'll see it. Let me lead you through this. Dear God, I'm tired and discouraged. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're tired and discouraged. Maybe you just need to say, God, this is weighing on me. Maybe there's some other uh, you know, quality that's pushing against you. Just say, God, that's where I'm at. But then say, but I refuse to quit. You need to say that out loud. You need to say it like you mean it. I refuse to quit. I will not quit. I am committed to pressing into Christ. I'm going to pursue Christ with veracity and passion. I'm excited about growing close to Christ and experiencing new mercies and greater miracles. My past is past and my future is ahead of me. I am forward and faith oriented. And God, with your help, I will hope and believe for a brand new season. I believe it and I declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Church, I love you. I love you. I believe God's going to get you through it. And I believe as a church and you personally, you're going to be stronger if you apply these principles when we get through it. God bless you, church. Thank you for all you do. Thanks for your generosity. Thanks for continuing to tithe and support our church, helping us to continue to do all that God wants to do through us. I love you, church. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon.